Morning Twitter. I'm Saeed Jones. He is Isaac Fitzgerald. Listen, it's still Black History Month, you assholes. Get it together. And you are watching AM to DM. We're going to talk about the Grammys in just a second. But first, here's a tweet from Angel. Viola Davis really pretended to be in love with Liam Neeson in Widows, and she still didn't get an Oscar nomination. Listen, you know how people always say, like, you know, Rosa Parks didn't refuse to give up her scene. I'm like, Viola Davis didn't <laughs> kiss Liam Neeson and Widows to be disrespectful. <laughs> to get zero Oscar noms. Oh my God. Zero Oscar noms. Zero Oscar nominations for Widows. Zero Golden Globe nominations. I assumed that. I was like, surely got one or two, and I just, no, none. So you just watched it this week. I watched it this weekend. I think a lot of you people are about to do the same things. I'm seeing everyone's tweets because it is not, I got it on iTunes. So okay, so it's available on streaming now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I saw someone tweet a scene of Daniel Kaluuya, and I was like, ooh, I'm in. And it is even better than I thought it would be. It is a heist movie, mm-hmm. yes, and I think that's part of the expectation, where it's like women whose husbands are killed take over. But it is about gentrification. It is very much about the political machine in Chicago, mm-hmm. race and racism. The fact that Viola Davis is in an interracial relationship with Liam Neeson's character is not insignificant to no. the plot, by so the way. So let me ask you, is that also what kind of made you want, like you got Michelle Rodriguez out here wilding, and this is something I've forgotten. She said that crazy stuff she said last week. I've forgotten, she is in this movie. Friend, same. I, too, (laughs) when I read Michelle Rodriguez into the grave that she deserves to be living in, metaphorically, I forgot that she was in the movie as well. I thought she was just being crazy at an event talking. (laughs) It's not made better by the fact she's in the movie. I'm like, did you watch it? Because it, no spoilers, but girl, did you... Not ah, watch, there's something there. Yeah. There's something there. And also, there. the kiss is disgusting. <laughs> Just objectively. He's like swallowing her nose. Like her nose is in his... I will say I saw justice. some screenshots that, that made me feel... There's also a dog in it. Shout out to Olivia. Shout out, shout out. Again, a snub. Best Supporting Actor nomination. <laughs> shout out. You, you'll get it too when it's you It's like see Ocean's it. Eleven with uh, intersectionality. Listen, is that uh, how we're describing uh, it? <laughs> No? No? Did I get it wrong? I got it wrong. All right. All right. Let's take it to the timeline. Have you seen Widows yet? Alice loved it. One of her favorite movies of the year. And which Oscars do you think it should have been nominated for? Let us know using the hashtag AM2. Don't you dare say best supporting actor, Liam Neeson. You don't want no smoke. Mm Mm-mm. Well, here's a tweet from music writer Miles Tanzer. I'm rooting for everybody black. And Casey Musgraves. (laughs) And Miles joins us now. Good morning, Miles. Good morning. How are you guys? Oh, my God. You and... Did you guys... Did you guys do a memo? You're matching. Nobody nobody wrote me. Nobody told me. It's a gay thing. Miles. I'm good. Hi, what's going on? (laughs) Not much, but it sounds like rooting for everybody black and Casey Musgraves was the way to go last night. Yeah, I... I went three for four on my predictions of the big uh, categories of the night. I felt pretty good about that. But yeah, everybody black and Casey Musgraves was cleaning up. <laughs> Always bet on black. And this is why you continue get, to get invited to the cookout, Miles. Um, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this story you just published this morning for Noisy on the Grammys. Drake couldn't save the Grammys, uh, which is an interesting point. Uh, why does the Grammys need saving and how did Drake try? Um, it's not so much Drake tried as much as the Grammys tried to save itself with an assist from Drake. Um, they've been criticized fairly for their lack of attention to hip hop and black artists in general. Um, last night, Childish Gambino became the first ever artist with a rap song to win for song and record of the year. Previously, no 
hip hop song had won in those two major categories, which for the last 50 years is kind of an abomination. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was a huge night for hip hop, but weirdly, um, a lot of it felt cloying. Childish Gambino wasn't even there to accept the awards. Drake and his acceptance speech basically panned the Grammys and then got cut off by the producers, which is kind of a mess. <laughs> which, which was guy. I, I saw some people tweeting about. It. I experienced it kind of through the timeline. I saw a lot of people saying that there was like kind of a chaotic energy to it. Let's talk performances, though, Miles. Who really brought it last night? Obviously, Cardi B was my favorite of the night. She was incredible. She was kind of giving you expensive VMAs burlesque moments um, <laughs> in vintage Mugler. It was amazing. Um, the Dolly Parton tribute was also really incredible. Um, having Dolly get a moment like that was amazing. And Miley Cyrus, uh, Casey Musgraves, who was the big winner of the night, and Katy Perry killed it. Diana Ross celebrating her 75th birthday, even though it's in March, made no sense, but we loved it. How could you not love Diana Ross on primetime television? <laughs> wait, wait. I just saw people pointing out like the wonderful moment where Diana's getting a standing ovation and she's usually ye- yelling, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Yeah. But homegirl's birthday ain't even until March. <laughs> Is it early March? Do we know? Because I don't know. I can make an argument for like a birthday month, maybe. Yeah, it's a year-long celebration and she deserves it. <laughs> Diana Ross can have her birthday whenever she wants to. Absolutely, absolutely. And listen, if J-Lo can do the Motown performance, I think Diana Ross can celebrate her birthday. So what was up with that? Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, honestly, Miles, do you have some insight? And and let's get into the messiness and the the bad performances and surprises. I would say J-Lo has a very high Q score, and she can do as she pleases on television, whether or not uh, America would agree with that. That's up to them to decide. Um, But yeah, I think there was a lot of kind of hate towards that performance. Um, Another one that I saw my timeline explode in the wrong way for was Post Malone performing with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is um, a lot. And he actually didn't surprisingly offer any words of encouragement um, to 21 Savage, who was recently detained by ICE and is being held without bond. Supposedly, he was wearing a T-shirt that said 21 Savage, but it was under his jacket. And it's, it's kind of a weird move for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And isn't the, the, as I understand it, the song, I only know because I've been reading, not because I listened to Post Malone's music, but the song that he performed was a song that he recorded with 21 Savage, right? So it's even weirder that's not? Yes, he's a featured artist, and at, he performed that song, and towards when it reached that part, it said, you know, 21, and it kind of echoed and then it shifted to his performance with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. So to completely kind of like leave him out of this is was really bad. And a I bad saw, moment. I saw people talking about kind of the camera maybe lost him in the smoke and stuff. So that was disappointing. What were some of the other kind of disappointments and snubs from last night? Um, surprisingly, um, you know, Taylor Swift was only nominated, I think, for one award and... Um, that award went to Ariana Grande. So a Grammy darling like Taylor Swift coming away with nothing for a huge album, one of the biggest of the year, is, is a pretty big shock even now, even post the nominations. Um, I would say Drake not winning more awards was surprising. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar um, received a ton of nominations and walked away with um, none of the awards in the major categories. He was nominated for his soundtrack to Black Panther. 
Um, and yeah, that was kind of completely left out of the televised broadcast. He also was another person who did not come to the awards, mostly because they've paid him dust in the last few years. Wow. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to leave it there for now. Thank you as always, Miles. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Um, we have a tweet here about Diana Ross's performance from Stacy Singleton. Stacy said, when you get to age 75, you can celebrate your birthday whenever and however you want. <laughs> totally on that bitch, I'm still alive and well energy. That's true. Yeah, shout out to If that. I'm here at 75, I'll be saying happy birthday to me too. And that was a beautiful moment. <laughs> but again, it. it was not the Motown moment, which did leave a lot of people confused. So let's take that to the timeline. Who do you think should have performed the Motown tribute? People were there. Like, it's literally per- right there. Performers <laughs> were there. Let us know using the hashtag, it's still Black History Month, you assholes. Why'd you point to me? Anyway. Because that's what you <laughs> open the show by oh, saying. Right, 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 right. I'm an asshole too. It's fair. It's fair. Well, speaking of the history of race in America... Let's talk about Virginia. Mm. Here's a tweet from BuzzFeed News. Governor Ralph Northam says he won't resign and intends to stay in office to help Virginia heal. Oh, (laughs) wow. Yes, Northam sat down with Gail King on CBS this morning and said a lot. So much. Here to walk us through it is BuzzFeed News politics reporter Darren Sands. Good morning, Darren. Morning, guys. And shout to J-Lo for not giving up the crown of Cardi, right? Like, I gotta (laughs) give it to him. That was that was controversial stance is being taken. Thank you, Darren. Listen, let's get back into the Virginia business, though. Uh, You told us on Friday that Northam would be focusing on race. Obviously, you were correct. How's that plan playing out for him so far? Um, I think it bought him another 48, 72 hours, uh, frankly. Um, Obviously, uh, this morning we saw the full interview with Gail King. And I think the the idea that we learned on Friday, obviously, from my story that he's going to be focusing on race, you know, leading up to now where we have him talking to one of the most trusted black women in in, in America um, is quite a feat. Um, Obviously, he made some mistakes during that interview talking about indentured servitude, whatever that is. Um, He had a a moment where he was talking about, um, you know, only a doctor can fix it. What you have is essentially a politician right now who is not a politician. Uh, he's a career doctor, as everyone knows. And so I think part of what the, is interesting about this moment is he's telling you, look, this is not what I do. I'm not that polished guy. And that was really his main mistake after that released uh, photo on, on, on Saturday. He gave this obviously bizarre uh, press conference and a, a lot of that. Um, is why we're here. He kind of gave that in a really um, uh, insensitive and, and, and unsophisticated um, way. So I think that's why we're here at this moment. Um, shortly, I think you're going to start to see some things coming out of his office um, that will be uh, some more specifics, really, about uh, what he plans to do. And, and Darren, I just want to highlight, that is such an insightful point you just made, right? That I understand that when he campaigned for governor, he used that doctor line, as I was mentioning to Isaac earlier this morning, and I see it, that he's saying, like, I'm not a politician. So, in fact, that's going to be a strength. But, in fact, the fact that he's not a politician means that he also doesn't now know how to navigate uh, a controversy like this in the way trained politicians will. So, as we continue discussing the um, miseducation yeah. of Ralph Northam, uh, what chapter right. of Roots is he on? Because I've heard his staffers have given him some reading assignments. 
Yeah, um, I'm not sure which chapter he's on. Um, you know, I think he, he uh, part of this is an education, right? He, he needed to, I think, learn some things about, uh, frankly, his constituency in, in, in Virginia, which is a significant amount of black folks. Um, part of the reason why I think he um, uh, flubbed some of this is that he wasn't really as familiar. He's from the eastern shore of the state. is a very secluded part of the state. Um, and, and I think that um, he's getting that education. Um, the Case for Reparations, obviously, is, a, is an essay that people um, uh, really took seriously and I think reframed the conversation about reparations in the country. So it'd be interesting to see what comes out of his um, office uh, in the days to come. It, obviously, he, he's got a, a huge challenge, um, but he's really said that he's not going to um, to resign and and it's it's yet to be really seen how um, uh, some of the folks who were uh, for him resigning are going to um, react to that. And there there has been, Darren, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, from the media and then from people at the higher echelons of government. Do we have any idea how the people in Virginia actually feel about Northam right now? Is there any polling showing whether the people think that he should step down or try and stick it out? Oh, so yeah, Isaac, uh, the Washington Post really smartly did a... Um, uh, poll uh, released this weekend where it really found that people are kind of split on this issue. What was, um, uh, I think, really newsworthy about that uh, poll, which people really circulated a lot yesterday on Twitter, was um, that there's a majority of African-Americans who think he should stay in office. Um, and I think part of that is is why is because really on Friday you had the situation where um, it was really kind of understood that Ralph Northam was going to sort of be in debt to his constituency and that he was going to have to make amends. I think black folks in particular, when it comes to politics, um, are really, uh, really into a redemptive story. Obviously, you, you had someone like Bill Clinton had some, you know, a, a groundswell of support after his struggles um, with sexual scandals in the 90s. So, um, you know, folks love, love a, redemptive, a redemption story. Uh, it's yet to be kind of seen how that looks like. Uh, obviously, again, in, in Black History Month. But um, it, we'll be watching, obviously. Interesting. Uh, Darren, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. As he was saying this, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, maybe, I mean, to this point, I'm like, maybe, you know, Black voters in Virginia are like, listen, we have a whole lot of political capital. We can now hold over Northam mm -hmm. if he stays in office because mm -hmm. the, the moment he doesn't support something that we believe should be on the agenda, we'll go, uh... Do you remember? Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember February? Do you remember February? I just, I just want to see the syllabus. That's what I want to see. I want to see what reading assignments he got. I know, I know. I've seen a couple out there, but I want to see the full syllabus that they printed out. Handed it. Does he have a three-ring binder? Does he have some notes, some poetry? Absolutely. Listen, we've got a great show for you today. Saeed will be talking with Chris Williams from Black Lightning. I'm so excited. But first, it's fire tweets. I like that. We did our little superheroes. Go, go, go. <laughs> Welcome back. Blasian FMA, you tweeted, it was a Motown tribute during Black History Month and none of that was Motown. Like the songs were obviously from Motown, but nothing else was Motown. I get that I guess they wanted to modernize it, but that's why the backlash. Don't be confused. Love J-Lo, 
but still. And yeah, I think I saw a lot of that. Like, love J-Lo, but maybe sure. could have found some other folks literally in the audience that they could have asked onto the stage to perform. Yeah, J-Lo puts in work every time. That's not the issue with me. I mm-hmm. could watch her dance and dance forever. But... <laughs> We're not going to act like it's not Black History Month. Y'all saw that Don Lemon clip. That's how I am. All right. Come on, Don. Come on, Don. All I'm, right. Look at you shouting out of Don Lemon. I'm as surprised as anyone else. Me let's too. Get let's get in these fire tweets. Let's, any more let's <laughs> MacGyver, you tweeted, Kid, Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Endangered northern spotted owl. You cannot possibly think this is a priority for me. That's fair. That's fair. Also, I realized that ever since the Lil' Kim song, how many licks does it take? You are just, this is you. You're just throwing grenades. You're just, just, as you were saying that, I was like, why isn't he saying it in rhythm with the, and I was like, oh, because Because it's from a commercial. The commercial came first. The Tootsie Roll Pop came first. And now the owl. And now we've distracted from the endangered. The whole message was supposed to be about the owl. Sorry, Mr. Owl. That's messed up, man. You hate endangered species. In a polar vortex. Okay, ready? (laughs) Why are you asking me? You hit the button. I'm sorry. Ricky, you tweeted, nobody, kids, my mom got on a wig. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, wait, I taught high school. I've worked with kids. This actually happens. There was never a time one of my students' parents came into the office wearing a wig that they made sure that they had to tell me. Like, they always do that. Yeah, kids tell tell the truth. (laughs) That's a wig. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. I feel like it's also a mistake you maybe only make once depending on your parents' parenting. That's how. Mm. Anyways. John N. tweeted, Will Smith, as the genie, looks like what one of those kids from the 90s Fruit Gushers commercials would look like if they never found a cure for their fruit curse. Mm. Oh Absolutely. John N., you nailed it. You that did, is, and we're just going to keep it keep going. going. Keep, keep dragging going. Will Smith here. Uh, Jenny has another one. You tweeted, thank you. Will Smith as Genie is what appears in my room when I have sleep paralysis. (laughs) See, the Gushers thing, I get it, I get it, but that is, it is scary. And look, it's all dark. Look how scary it looks behind us. Ah! Is he right behind me? Do you remember, do you remember? So Stills from the movie came out, we talked about it on the show, and everyone was like, everyone from the movie, uh, the production was like, oh, don't worry, that's just one shot. It's gonna be so much better, don't worry about it. And then this is what they dropped on us. I'm just gonna say, this feels like a theme for 2019, right? Something happens, Mm. right? Like Mm. Virginia, blackface, Mm. the governor Mm. was like, oh, don't worry, it's gonna get way worse. It's It's gonna gonna be so much worse. Than you could possibly mention. It looked like to me, I watched the clip, uh, it looked like to me that they rushed the CGI. Like they were like, oh no, we need the ad for the Grammys. And that like animators were just like working through the night, just like, ah. Also, what just kind of gets to me is that this is Disney. I just feel like when I think of Disney, I think of money. I think of high production. Like they can work whatever kind of magic. And like this was, okay. Anyway, was... let's let's just take it to the timeline. <laughs> um, what do you hate most about Will Smith is genie. <laughs> Can you pick one thing? Like what? I think he looks a little bloated. Let us know using the hashtag AM2D. Don't you body shame the genie. <laughs> Let's get into Tweet of the Day. Come on, I want to save your ass. Right here. Right. Tweet of the Day comes from Torrance. You misspelled one word on social media and here come Akila and the Bee. <laughs> Don't police people. Don't pl- People make typos. It's fine. It's fine. Akila and the Bee. I 
imagine Meaty look. I just, you know, like it looked like the genie had a little soft. It's a little overnight floating. Okay, coming up, I sit down with Black Lightning star, Quest Williams. I know that man's terrified to come out and meet me. But up next, we are going live from the district. I wish you would stop throwing so many grenades. That's my genie wish. I'm trying not to laugh. Okay. Welcome back. We are going live from the district. And friends, we begin this segment with what I am told is an expected and overdue apology from BuzzFeed News reporter Paul McLeod to everyone <laughs> for wearing a Patriots sweatshirt on air <laughs> during Black History Month. Paul, you have the floor. I don't know if we need to bring Black History Month into this, but... Yes, I decided to celebrate my team last week, and uh, it did not go over very well. A lot of people were very mad at me, very mean to me, not the least of which were you two, and it didn't feel good, and my feelings were hurt. So just wanted to say that I'm sorry, and I won't do it again. Oh, Paul, were you surprised by how quickly your fans turned on you? Um, no sympathy yeah. here, just harshness. I thought we had something, and then I found out that, well, fame is very fickle and it can turn on you in an instant. Wow. I guess that's a valuable lesson. Again, Paul, what's mm. the lesson mm. here? What mm. would you take away mm. from this experience? Mm. Uh, my lesson is to go with the crowd and never anger people on Twitter. This is, uh, this is uh, I think, uh, something that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Another white man learns hard facts <laughs> about how Twitter works. Well, Paul, <laughs> we accept your apology. Mm. All is forgiven. We can't stay mad at you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get to this tweet. I can't even look at you looking all sad. Here's a tweet from BuzzFeed News reporter Lisa Trevia. Seth Moulton tells me he's thinking about running for president. Quote, I'm not definitely running, but I'm going to take a very hard look at it. That is a confusing sentence. Well, um, among the people he's discussed running with, according to Lisa Trevia, Barack Obama. Wait, what? What? I know what you're, Okay. He discussed, like, Barack Obama consulted. Oh, with like he talked to him They're about. Not running together. Okay, sorry. Could they do that? Uh, anyway, sorry. I don't, no, we're not going to do this. Paul, who is Seth Moulton? <laughs> and why is he thinking about running for office? Yeah, I mean, Barack Obama would be a hell of a vice presidential running mate if you could get him on the ticket. Um, he is a congressman from Massachusetts, and this has long been rumored. Uh, Seth Moulton has been seen as somewhat of a rising star in the Democratic Party. Uh, a lot of people might know him most famously from his sort of failed coup against Nancy Pelosi. He was sort of the face of the young representatives who were pushing for a change in leadership, and he did not want Pelosi to become speaker. Obviously, that didn't work out very well for him. Nancy Pelosi ended up becoming speaker by pretty easily. He even ended up voting for her. So that wasn't great. But now he is back and is touting, in particular, his uh, his military history. I mean, he, I think he did four tours overseas and is making that the basis of his campaign to run against Trump. Hmm. OK, who else out there is like, I feel like a lot of people are considering it. I'm seeing a lot of news around that. I mean, mm -hmm. Elsa's all the way out there. Huh? Who are the people to watch? There, there are so many. It is such a wide open field. I mean, so we just had Amy Klobuchar. We just had um, uh, Harris. We've got, uh, I mean, I can't even keep track of everyone, but still there are many that we are expecting to come out. I mean, is Joe Biden going to run? Is Beto O'Rourke going to run? Is Sherrod Brown going to run? I mean, there's still a lot. Of, I mean, we know Bernie Sanders is going to run. He hasn't actually formally uh, kicked off his campaign yet. So, I mean, we're going to have a massive, massive slate, probably the largest slate we've seen in some time for this nomination. Because Democrats, 
they smell blood in the water. They really think that whoever wins this has an excellent shot at beating Trump. And so you see a lot of people uh, battling it out for this nomination. All right. Well, here's a tweet from BuzzFeed News reporter Molly Hensley-Clancy. Here's what Klobuchar just said about my HuffPost story and my and HuffPost story about her alleged mistreatment of staff. I have high expectations for myself. I have high expectations for people who work for me, but I have high expectations for this country. Now, that is not her denying it. So, Paul, Senator Klobuchar announced she's running this weekend. You just mentioned that yourself. But what story was she responding to here? Yeah, well, she was responding to a BuzzFeed News story by Molly Hensley-Clancy, who had been working for quite a while to uh, nail this down. Uh, this has been something that had been talked about a lot on Capitol Hill. Uh, Amy Klobuchar's treatment of her staff. She had a reputation of being a very, you might say, charitably say demanding, or you might uncharitably say tyrannical as a boss. And the story outlines many instances of her you know, berating staffers, uh, uh, driving them to tears, humiliating them in front of their peers, at one point even throwing a binder and accidentally hitting someone with it. So she's now, it's kind of an awkward uh, position for her to be in because she's branded herself as this sort of Minnesota nice Midwestern politician from the heartland. Uh, and this behavior obviously doesn't exactly gel with that. So this is what she's trying to do is to uh, spin this a little bit to be like, look, I'm a demanding boss, but it's because I want the best for my office and I want what's best for everyone. And she hasn't really entirely apologized. She hasn't really entirely denied everything. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, well, uh, how is she going to stand amid the field? I mean, I do feel like Amy Klobuchar got a lot of a national attention during the Kavanaugh hearings. Um, that was kind of a standout yep. moment. So how will she compare against the 25 other people? I mean, she'll left? start by announcing in a literal snowstorm, but keep going, Paul. <laughs> I mean, she's got a strong chance. It is tough to say with the slate as wide open as it is, but she is, as you say, a well-known senator. I mean, she's uh, a very good politician, uh, as, as we saw during the Kavanaugh hearing. So certainly, I mean, she's got as much of a chance as anyone, you'd have to think. Now, one of the questions is, is this going to derail her campaign at all? Is this something that people are going to hold I mean, of course, politics is about convincing people to like you and convincing people that you are a nice person. And this does hurt with that. But, I mean, maybe it won't slow her down at all. Maybe we'll, people will say, uh, you know, I want someone who's a, a harsh boss. I, I want someone who's really cracking the whip if they're going to be in the White House. So maybe she'll be able to play this off to her advantage to some degree. What is it about presidential runs and binders? Anyways, here's a tweet from NBC mm. News White House correspondent Kelly O'Donnell. Shutdown tensions. Senator Shelby says talks are stalled. Mick Mulvaney says absolutely cannot rule out a shutdown at the end of the week. And senior Democratic aide says talks have broken down. Paul, it is Monday, but should we be worried about to shut down too fast this Friday? <sighs> I had a story pre-written about them reaching a deal and avoiding the shutdown, and now we've just had to completely scrap that. Um, yeah, I thought... We were going to avoid this this time around. As recently as Friday, it looked like the two sides were coming to an agreement and it was going to be no problem. Now, talks have stalled or potentially even falling apart, depending on who you hear. And if they don't reach a deal soon, like very soon, they're not going to have time to pass a funding bill by the end of the week. At the end of the week, 
we are back in shutdown if they don't do something. Uh, this would be uh, akin to the longest government shutdown that we uh, just had over 35 days. It would be the same uh, agencies, the nine federal departments, uh, 800,000 people. So those poor people now have to sit on the edge of their seats and wonder if, we have, if we're going to go through this yet again. That is awful, but everything seems to be. Um, Paul, as always, thanks for joining us this morning. Oh my! Oh, thank you guys. And I just want to oh say God. I really appreciate you you. everything, were everything you do. Oh, That's right. Oh, I regret nothing. I you. You, can't you were being forgiven. Oh, oh, wow! Wow! <laughs> Happy Black History Month to you, people. Get out of here! Forgiven him. This was literally a tweet. You went, get it off. Turn it off. We're done. Get him out We're of here. We're done. All right. Listen, people the- were literally tweeting. Why do I want to give Paul McLeod a big hug right now? You Paul have is, the people, Paul. Paul is canceled. You I have them. I hope y'all enjoyed Paul McLeod's last appearance on AMTV. <laughs> All right, friends, later in the... I can't believe it. We genuinely did not know he was going to wild out like that. Anyway, later in the show, I sit down with Chris Williams to talk about black lightning and black justice, apparently, because we need some. Stay tuned. (laughs) TV One tweeted, You would think we were past this, but we're not. Brittany Noble Jones, a former anchor for WJTV, was fired after her news director said her natural hair was, quote, unprofessional, and he compared it to him wearing a baseball hat to go to the grocery store. Brittany joins me now. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me. Yeah, no problem. About this very important issue. So obviously, you don't need a reason to wear your natural hair to work. You know, you don't need to explain why you decided to do that. But why did you decide to wear it? Well, in TV, it works a little different. Um, I knew what I was signing on to do when I was hired at WJTV. They hired me with straight long weave. They probably didn't know it wasn't my hair, but it wasn't. And, um, you know, that's, that's how it works in TV news. So I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, but I was just surprised because I asked if I could stop straightening my hair. And then my boss was like, yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. Um, they didn't say that I was terminated for, you know, my natural hair. They actually used the excuse about um, me taking too many sick days. But, you know, my case now is with the EEOC in Mississippi. So can you walk us through exactly what happened after you started wearing your hair the way that you wanted to? Did you get any complaints from viewers or how did it start? Well, my boss said that, they, that he was getting complaints from viewers. Um, but what happened with me is that my son was born in October of 2016. And so while I was pregnant, I kept wondering, you know, how am I going to teach my child to love their hair if I don't even love my own hair? So I was going through this whole process when I was um, pregnant. And so I asked my boss, you know, after I had my son, if I could stop straightening my hair. It takes so much time to straighten your hair and then, like, prepare for the show. And now I'm a new mom. And it was just a lot going on. And so I asked if I could stop straightening my hair. He was like, yeah, it's fine. And about a month later, he was like, yeah, your natural hair is unprofessional. It's the equivalent of me wearing a baseball cap to the girl in the grocery store and that viewers needed to see a beauty queen. And so I, I really thought he was right. I really felt like I didn't look like a beauty queen with my hair. Um, and it's too little braids. Um, I don't know what he would ever say about this. I, like, I never would have asked if I could wear all these braids. Um, even the two little braids that I was rocking was, was too much. 
I mean, I think you look like a beauty queen. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving your hair right now. <laughs> but you also, you really made sure that you had evidence to support what he was saying, right? I mean, I was very impressed by this. You actually recorded your boss saying these things. Can you talk about that a little I bit? I mean, listen, at the end of the day, we're all journalists, right? We're exactly. still a journalist <laughs> at the end of the day. And so um, those, those traits are innate. My mom is an investigator, my father too. They're both police officers, retired, my mom. And so, you know, it's, it's just like me to have documentation and, and how else would I know exactly what he said if I didn't log it myself? So it's just a, a part of being a journalist, I, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And next to our broadcast, which is the parent company of your station, you've mentioned this a little bit, but they said that you actually were terminated because you were missing work too much, you exhausted your sick leave. Can you talk about why they're saying that and kind of the series of events that led you to believe it actually was because sure. of your natural hair? So my first boss um, was the one that said my natural hair was unprofessional. He was eventually suddenly stopped working at our station after I filed a complaint. Um, and so we had a new boss, and so um, I really, my co-anchor and I thought that some of these problems with my hair, you know, were gone. And it was one day, it was a crazy news day, and so I really ran out of time to put my wig on. I told my co-anchor, I was like, you can't, no, I don't feel like putting this wig on today. <laughs> and he was like, Brittany, don't do it. And I was like, really, you sure? And he was like, yeah, don't do it. And so that night, I remember it being that night in the system. It says it was the next day. Um, next, I started going in and internally, you know, putting in um, performance reviews. And I hadn't had a performance review since I had been at the station. And so I knew a lot of that had to do with my hair. And so I went to the EEOC and the EEOC said, you know, Brittany, they're going to terminate you for filing this. And I was like, if, do I have to sign an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement? I did not want to have to sign an NDA because I wanted to tell somebody my story afterwards. And they said, no you won't have to sign one if you get terminated. I said, okay. And then sure enough, um, my grandfather, we share a birthday. We were both born on 923 and he was dying. And so it was just too much, like too much stress at work. And then my grandpa's dying and like, you know, it was just too much. And so I took some sick time, um, but they said my grandfather wasn't a close enough family member. And so they said I couldn't take my sick time to take care of him. So I was terminated. Wow. Well, that, this, it's just the, the way, their willingness to lose such a great journalist and obviously person for their station over something so silly is yeah. just blowing my mind. Have you gotten a lot of response from other journalists of color since sharing your story so publicly? A lot of people have thanked me um, publicly and privately um, just because um, a lot of people, um, like myself, face issues in news with our hair. Um, certainly for me, it wasn't necessarily about my hair. It was more so about the lack of stories about race that I was able to tell in Mississippi. And so I hope that um, by talking about my hair, it shines a light on some of the problems as journalists we face in sharing stories about people of color. Um, but, you know, this, this is where we are. Yeah, well, I hope that where we are improves and this isn't an issue in the future, obviously. Because, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's just so ridiculous. I feel like we could talk about this forever. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for mm -hmm. joining me. And let's take it to the timeline. Tell us your thoughts on natural hair in the workplace using the hashtag AMCDM. And on next side, it starts down with the star of Black Lightning, actor Cress Williams.
right, this is The Sit Down, and I'm here with Cress Williams, the star and one of the heroes of Black Lightning on The CW. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are I'm you? I'm geeking out. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I love Black Lightning so much and have been a fan of your work for a Thank long Thank you. Time. Thank you so much. Um, and Black Lightning just got renewed for season three. Yay! That's so exciting. Yes. You're telling these stories. <laughs> yes. Um, when did you find out the news? Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Was it a couple of weeks ago? It was really odd because I was... Um, you know, when we first found out for season two, we didn't find out till like much, much later in the year. So I just kind of was going about my life and I was working out. And a buddy of mine from an, a previous show, he just emailed, emailed me out of the blues like, congratulations on renewal. Oh. I was like, huh? <laughs> so I got on like, you know, the uh-huh. social media and all that. And I was like, oh, it actually happened. Okay. Is that how it goes? Like, it's- I would expect that, you know, <laughs> somebody, it would be some big official me phone too. call. Uh-huh. Like a raven shows up your door with an envelope in no, its mouth? No, no. Okay. But every step of the way, like when we did the pilot and then uh, the call about um, that we got, you know, became a show, mm-hmm. it just, friends were letting me know before somebody wow. called me and then all of a sudden then the whole ball it's, uh-huh. you know it's the world we live in now. and it's yeah and it's, it's this kind of um because you've been you know on so many tv shows and just been such a part of, of life um, yeah. on screen um is this like your first experience with like seeing how social media can drive like a show yes i mean because i mean you know i uh, i started before any of that existed um really before the internet really existed so now you know it's just moving at such a, a fast pace and I think uh, the love for our show on mm-hmm. social media is so huge. So, yeah, it's interesting, you know, people finding out news before I find out news. And I'm not, I guess I'm not, like, tied to it. I guess if I was on all the time, then I would see it at the same time that everybody else. Mm-hmm. But uh, Yeah, stay that way. Yeah. I think you're, no, you're I got fine. things, I, you know, I got things to do. I got kids. I got, yeah, yeah. I got to that's, keep in shape, all these fine. different things. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, season three, something, you know, that comes up when people talk about, like, uh, superhero shows are the suits. Yes. Uh-huh. Is Black Lightning suit comfortable? It is so not. Okay. It is, it is, I, I mean, you saw it right there. No, yeah. it, it, it looks cool in the dark. That's uh-huh. what it is. Uh, <laughs> it looks good when it lights up. Yes. No, it is. It's just like it's it's about 60 pounds in weight. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. And, it, and uh, it is really like you can't. Like I, if I, I couldn't do this right uh-huh. now if I was in the suit, which is so odd, right? Because yeah. you're a super superhero. You're doing fight scenes. You need to be doing stuff, and it's like, uh, you need to bend down and pick that up. I'm like, I can't do Literally that. Literally can't do you're that. You're gonna have to do that in post, you know. So are, are the because the fight scenes are are lit. Yeah, um, and part yes. because it brings like, superhero. Yeah, all right. And it's like superhero meets like street violence and the right. reality of crime. So it's interesting to see that together. Yeah. Does it take you like days and days to shoot one short fight scene? It ta- well, it takes hours and hours, and I guess in a sense days because we have to like rehearse it and learn it, and then uh, you know filming it, it. It takes a whole day. Um, sometimes it takes a couple of days, depending on how complicated the scenes are. Um, it's it's pretty elaborate. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, something else I was saying to you that I, I loved about the show, and I did not know a lot, a lot about Black Lightning before I right. started watching, right. um, was that the way it takes on social issues or however one, you know, but I was like, oh my goodness, like, for example, I have not seen uh, a nuanced conversation about black respectability, right. you know, in a superhero until Black Lightning. Yeah. And, and your character, of course, is a principal, sometimes teacher, uh, yes. and as much as a hero. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy getting to explore that part of your character? I love it. I mean, I wanted, I, I'm a big superhero fan, so I wanted to play a superhero and then but to see the context that we we tell the story in it's just takes it to a whole other level because I I, I love when my art can do more than just entertain and mm-hmm. so um, those days 
I kind of separate it out as like it's Black Lightning days and it's Jefferson days. Okay. And I love Jefferson days just because we, that, it's usually when I am Jefferson, we have those conversations right. and it's those type grounded. of scenes. Right, right. You know, it's kind of like when you got the big suit on and the goggles, you're not going to sit down with the, like, <laughs> let's talk about life right, right now. You know, <laughs> let's talk <laughs> about sexuality. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be, <laughs> and then you're, you're off, you know, going. But like, so Jefferson gets to sit down and, yeah. and talk about bullying and all these different things. And, um, and, in the context of real life, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I love it. It's, I love it. I yeah. Love it. Well, of course, it's it's great to see Black Lightning on TV because, of course, when we talk about movies, we've got Black Panther. Yes. And you to talk about your presence on TV, you played Michael B. Jo- Jordan's dad on Friday Night Lights. Yeah. So, like y'all know, you've been everywhere. We'll be like remembering <laughs> this for the rest of the interview. Um, and of course, he's thriving. And oh yeah, he's he's killing huge. it. What's yeah. it been like watching someone? Rise like that. That's it's it's amazing, you know. Um, you can never. I mean, you know, you, you see people. I've seen it both ways. I've seen people who are immensely talented and they just can't quite break through, and you mm. see people who are, you know, immensely talented and then they break through. So you just really never know. Um, so it's it's great, you know. And, and I guess on some level, having played his his uh, father, it's almost like, oh, my son is off. Yeah. You know, because my friends will still, you know, refer to it. They'll be like, oh, your son is doing this now. Oh, your son is doing that? Really? Yeah. That's so, so funny. Yeah. I love it. And it's like, your son's evil. And, <laughs> yeah, and wreaking havoc. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I'll be like, hey, you better check your son. You got to talk to your boy. You better talk to your boy. Well, I have to say, part of the reason I'm getting out in addition to Black Lightning is I'm a huge Living Single fan. I nice. rewatched the entire series, I think, four times now. No way. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to restrain. <laughs> um, you played Queen Latifah's yeah. longtime on-again, off-again boyfriend, Scooter. Yes. He'd come in from Japan, and, you know, <laughs> like, he was always whatever. And, you know, people have talked about a reboot. Right. You know, Bring it back. Would you? Do you like reboots? Would you join a living single? If I would. Back? I mean, I would. I would definitely entertain it. You know, um, when uh, what's what's great on our show is that we've had. You know, we had TC last year, right? And Eric, we have Eric, Eric, Eric has been on this year, uh. so it's like if we if the reboot doesn't happen, at least there's right. like a you know old reunion happening slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would be fun. And and what was it like? Because you mentioned you were like, listen, when we were you know doing earlier shows, the internet and social media wasn't a part of yeah. it. Was Living Single one of your first shows? Because it, was- it, it was literally my second show. I mean, wow. It might have actually uh, been my first because it was my second audition. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, my first audition. Not, not bad for a second I, show. Uh, <laughs> well, it was interesting because my first one was um, uh, Beverly Hills 90210, the original wow. Beverly Hills 90210. And it was like a reoccurring. I booked that. Mm-hmm. My very next audition was Living Single. Wow. And um, I booked that, and my agents like quickly called me in and said, hey, just so you know, it's not going to always be like this. Like, you're doing great, <laughs> but you're not going to book everything. Okay. And, uh, but it was, it was amazing because, you know, I was so, it's my first sitcom, mm-hmm. um, and that's a whole different format. And I was, I was uh, fresh out of, I think I was still finishing college, actually, mm-hmm. at the time. And so they Wow, were, you were still a college student. Yeah, yeah. It was, wow. Yeah, it was my, my last couple of quarters when I got the job, and, and uh, they were so welcoming mm-hmm. and... and uh, helped me just kind of get acclimated because I had a lot of questions. You know, I've been doing theater and it's a whole different, it's like academia and like the world. And so they were really, really uh, welcoming for me. That's so cool. Do you have like a favorite memory from like working on Living You know, um, yeah. Here's one moment that was when I got like uh, entertainment life. You know, I was a poor uh, student. Okay. And this representative from like EA Sports came to the set. And he had this giant duffel bag full of video games. Mm-hmm. And he was just coming to the set and he's just, yeah, hey guys, pick out whatever games you want. 
And I, I, I was like, for free? He's like, yeah, yeah, as many as you want. So I got like a handful of games for free, and I'm like, this is a good life. I like this. <laughs> like, I'm, getting, I'm here, I'm getting paid, I'm acting, I'm getting paid. Paid well, you know, in, the re in relationship uh, to what the, the average, you know, human being makes, uh -huh. and I'm getting free games. I was just like, I'm, I'm good with this. You're living the good life. Yes, I was. Life. Yes, incredible. Yeah. From that to playing a superhero, well, you know, now it's like 25 and 25 years into a great, vibrant career. Thank like, you. Yeah. are there oh. still dreams you want to dream? Still new roles you like? Oh yeah, I mean, because I, 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 um, I always like to do whatever's the opposite mm -hmm. of of uh, I'm currently doing. Um, so. I have so many different things. I mean, I, I, I've always wanted to be in a Western and be like kind of like a gunslinger, so okay. I would love to do that. Um, That's pretty different from a high school principal. It is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when I'm playing a good guy, I immediately want to play a bad guy. When I'm playing a bad guy, I can't wait to play a good guy. I mean, uh, everything under the sun. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, you've been a friend of so many of ours for so long. It's great to meet you uh, and great to see you thriving on Thank Black you Lightning. So much, Thank you so much, Chris. All right, friends, you can continue to watch Black Lightning Mondays on The CW. I love it, obsess about it. Up next, we're talking about a case of mistaken floral identity. It's quite bizarre, actually. <laughs>
having this mini photo shoot and they just felt too bad to say anything. So they just let me keep them. And then it was funny in that moment. But when I went on my Twitter a few days later to look back on my photos and I saw those pictures, I thought it was it just became so much more hilarious then because it had that additional layer of context. And apparently the rest of Twitter thought it was funny too. Oh, absolutely. 50,000 retweets. I do love the idea of your coworkers seeing you with the flowers and just being like, ah, we don't want to spoil his day. Do you know, did, uh, listen, Let's, let's get to your update first. On Sunday, you tweeted, update, I found out that the flowers were actually for a different coworker for an entirely different reason and not the one who went on maternity leave. So mm -hmm. who were these flowers actually for? And more importantly, do we know if they ever got the flowers? Yeah, that's a good question. So the flowers were actually uh, meant for a um, different colleague, like you said, um, the twist here is that there were actually two bouquets of flowers that had arrived into our office that day, both without a card. Um, those flowers were actually meant for two colleagues who had planned an event for our senior management. But since they didn't have a card, whoever had received them assumed that they were for the new hires. And so um, they were placed on my desk and the desk of another guy who had also started the same day for me. Um, in terms of the woman that went on maternity leave, like I had originally thought, she has since received flowers. They were delivered to her, her home with her and her baby. And in terms of the women that had planned the company event, they have received different gifts altogether. This is wild. This is like a Mission Impossible, one of the early movies where people are just taking off masks. It's just like all these different flowers that are meant for different people. Let me ask, listen, the story blew up obviously over the weekend. People found it quite hilarious. And again, thank you for bringing us that joy. What has your reaction like of your coworkers been to how much attention this has gotten? And do you think your company should give people flowers on their first day? <laughs> well, um, I haven't gone to the office yet. Um, I definitely am going to have a lot of explaining to do once I get to the office after this interview. Um, I have been just getting people messaging me and saying that this is absolutely crazy. In terms of the reactions on Twitter, um, it's been kind of twofold. There have been people saying that they've been feeling like secondhand embarrassment from the story. But then there's also people that are saying that um, I have great coworkers who didn't steal flowers from me and let me live in my joy. So I have no room to complain there. John, I got to say, I hope you have a wonderful mo morning. I know you're out there on the West Coast. I think you handled it all very professionally. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, listen, up next, Saeed and I are going to le read some of your tweets. Maybe I got him some flowers. We'll see. I didn't right, get you flowers. Like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, you did. I didn't. I apologize. I, you know, I. John is fierce. I just That's love. I actually really like the coworkers. That's who my heart. Like, like, the fact that they were like, you know what? Let him have his day. We can reorder some flowers. Like, like just let him. I just also like. I just feel like John is like. I'm booked. I'm busy. I'm unbothered. He was like, listen, I got a job. I got a viral tweet. I got some cute photos. You know, I'm lit. And he's like, I'm just gonna keep he on was. going. He was. He was very ready. He was I like, I was it. expecting this. He it's was fine. ready. Uh -huh. Shout out to you. Keep, keep thriving, darling. All right. We asked you uh, who you would have chosen to perform the Grammys Motown tribute. That happened. Jolie has so many suggestions. Uh, Tony Braxton was in the audience and nominated. Oh, 
that's true. She could just uh, La La Hathaway uh, was in the audience and nominated LMI. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? LMI, LMA? LMA, LMA. I, I feel like I'm dating myself. Mm-hmm. The youth are going to come after me. Anyway, she was there. Normandy, of course, was there. But this is what happens when you piss off Beyonce. I, and it, was that part of it? I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought Is about. It? I hadn't thought about did that. I? I did see a lot of people saying that uh, there was the line that Jay Z had, which was like zero for eight with the Grammys, and this year they did get. Yeah, Ape Sheep didn't one. win. This because this is America won for another category for best music mm-hmm. video, and that would have been. Yeah. Well, there it is. Listen, we asked, what <laughs> do you hate the most about Will Smith's genie? Y'all had a lot to say, but Spunky Girl says the visible. Bald cap. Is that true? I, that had me going back to the picture and seeing if I could see a line. That's my real question, dude. Because we do it. Because it looks mostly CGI to me. Mm. It looks like Will Smith the was just like do it all. Weird. Yeah. Do you? I for me, it's still that that crazy top knot thing that's going on. I also want you know. Listen, I'm gonna go watch it. I'm not gonna act like I'm not gonna watch the movie <laughs> when it comes out. That's beside the point. I'm also gonna drag. I was surprised by Jafar's voice. When I think of Jafar, mm. I think of the droll, menacing, menacing, still a shady bitch, you know, still mm. got a little of that tea, but like, and I feel like when I saw the commercial, tell me wrong, but I swear it was like, Aladdin, still get <laughs> Like me laughing? Like, yeah. Say, don't go into the cave. Go get the jam, it'll all change everything. I don't know, it wasn't menacing, is all I'm saying. I'm just saying they got an uphill battle, all right? Maybe, maybe come a year from now, we'll be like, wow, Aladdin was so amazing. Like, and there were shots that were beautiful mm. and over there. I was like, okay, but I'm still gonna I'm watch it. I'm more excited it. for Lion King. I'm more excited for Lion King. Yeah, yeah, I'm still gonna watch it. I just might be like live tweeting from the movie theater. Anyway, <laughs> Latria, and listen, the conversation between uh, Stephanie and that journalist was brilliant. Fantastic. And like, what is going on at that station? Uh, Latria shared her story of worth, um, natural hair and working on journalism because it is an issue. Um, I worked in print journalism, but took my braids out once and was asked, did you cut your hair? Listen, the disconnect is real. Listen, I, ooh, let me touch my natural hair for a second. Something, there are two things that I am baffled every time they come up. And honestly, and I'm not just making this up because of the news, literally blackface and black women being harassed at work because of natural hair. Mm. It is so like a, I thought we figured this out in like 1990. Like, I, let's just like, let's just like go back to like a, a dated ass mm. old copy of like a Bell Hooks essay mm. or something, you know, like, or Nikki G. I'm like, we are, really? And then, but it keeps coming back. Like, I have to set aside my own cynicism because the thing is, it doesn't matter if I'm like, oh, we all knew this. Mm. The fact is that there are black people across this country who are still dealing with it in real time, mm. right? So I'm like, nope. Let's talk about it then, if we got to talk about Amen. it. You know? Amen. Well, anyway, shout out to her. I hope she continues to thrive in spite of that horrible, horrible work situation. Thank you to all of our guests today, except for Paul McLeod. Trash, Paul. Trash. Miles Tanser, Darren Sands, Stephanie McNeil, Brittany Noble Jones, Cress Williams, and John Kanye. Thank you all. I can't believe Paul hit us with that. That I was can. that was amazing. I Listen, can. I'm off tomorrow in protest against Paul, but Saeed and David Mack will be here at 10 a.m. Have a great rest of your day. 